Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the mouth of manliness. Mouth of manliness. Today, today is a bit of a special one today Very because special. we are not in the usual Nick's cave. We're not in the Nick cave, Nick. Yeah, we're not in the usual Nick cave. We are actually in the leafy suburb of London. A beautiful today. part of London. I've never, even, I've never, never even knew this bit of London existed, and it's lovely. There's a hospital near here, isn't there? And Dulwich Hospital. I came to the hospital to because I had a problem with my uh, bottom. All right. <laughs> and uh, I, then it turned out that it too. was the wrong hospital. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, oh, right. I was going to get onto that. Right. You've noticed. <laughs> Hello, Nick Noise. Hello, the world, uh, Boston. Boston. Um, yeah, Nick Noise. Brad Action. Hi, <laughs> and our uh, our very lovely guest uh, Eddie Temple Morris. I can't believe yeah, we're well, in so Eddie Temple Morris's house. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like, really excited about it. The loveliest house I think I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, that's we're in Eddie's house, everyone. You're too kind. It's you're just full kind. of like everywhere I look. It's just the, the coolest stuff. Which, to be fair, you're like super cool anyway. So it does <laughs> kind of make sense. But <laughs> you're too kind. I just, it does make sense. We've been so having just, a little tour of the artwork. Yeah, just, it, Eddie was liking my artwork. I yeah, that's love. Your art. Really good. Can I just start off by saying, you are the you. you I mean, your art is incredible. Yeah, uh, you you very kindly bought me a present, and, and and I'm genuinely blown away. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be. I believe your your first patron. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna buy a piece off you because yeah. honestly, I I think that you're an undiscovered genius. I'm not I'm not the type to blow smoke up asses. I genuinely think that you're you're an absolutely incredible artist, That's and so you cool. need to. You need to get out there. I'll, I'll do everything I can to to help. That is amazing. You're uh, amazing. It, 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 as I was saying, like normally, I just sit there and draw, so it, I don't really think about it. And like the, the rare occasions when uh, you know someone's gone, oh, I really like your stuff. Like um, our friends uh, have got like a, a like an online art gallery called Legally Assertive, and um, they they did our 
uh, our t-shirts for us. Mm. And they, they kind of said, oh, I love your artwork, can we sell it? I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, nothing sold. And we kind of shouted about it on social media and nothing happened. So I kind of just gave up. But in theory, it, it, none of it makes... I still do it, you know, I'm still going to do it no matter what, because it's kind of really cathartic, so mm. I'm saying it's kind of a release. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It looks it. And it looks, I mean, first thing I said was, I said you were some, on some kind of genius spectrum. And then you... Have you, you ever been called a genius before, Nick? <laughs> no, no. It's amazing. I've been called an, an idiot a lot of times. So, uh, I call you an idiot. Well, they, well, they, I mean, joking apart, they used to, in the old days, they used to call, uh, they, there was this term idiot savant, wasn't yeah. there? For people, like in the Middle Ages and stuff. Yeah. And it was clearly people who had autism uh, and who, you know, could do these amazing things and calculate things and, and knew, you know, so much knowledge. Mm. Yeah. And uh, your art is, is, is like that. It's, 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 it's kind of... It, it's mind blowing. It really is, honestly. I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely blown away. I think that'll do us. That's, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, just get your coat. What What happens when you're, when you're a miserableist like me and like us? I think uh, sometimes when you've uh, stuff like that, put it in the bank. Yeah, you, know, you keep holding keep it, that. Yeah, because that kind, of, those kind of nice things, kind of, they get you through a difficult day, don't yeah, they? Yeah, definitely. It's not always easy to take a compliment. They're not always there, are they? I guess. Oh no, I'll take a compliment. Thank you, Eddie. Definitely really from Eddie Temple. Well, Morris. you're welcome. I, I'm going to have a word with a friend who represents artists and see what he says because I, I honestly, I think you're an undiscovered talent. Wow. Really, that's awesome. Well, so yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it is dark. The there, there must be a story there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there must, there must story, be a lot of stories there. Yeah. So. Uh, before we, before uh, I was thinking, like, oh, how are we going to kick this off? And um, and basically, I was thinking that we've got some similarities. So, like, we've both got long hair and glasses. This is true. Right, that's a start. We wear her suit. Secondly, we both have tinnitus. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, and I've only got one ear and as he's well. Only got one so ear. between us, we've all got like, really. On this side. Oh wow! Is that congenital? Like uh, you, I was, was born with it. Yeah. Wow. So between us, we could probably just about hear all right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of partially deaf. Mm. That's why I'm so loud. My eyes. I've got great eyesight. Which, which so essentially, three of us yeah. make it like the perfect <laughs> human being. We almost. make it. We make a superhuman. Yeah. Can you hear out of the ear? No. Uh, your so that's right a mad ear. story. So um, basically. Um, I didn't think I could for a really long time. And I used to DJ a monitor in that ear and kind of, I thought I could hear the sound through my head. Because obviously when I monitor on yeah. this ear, I can't hear anything. I can just hear the headphones. Right. It's no good. I used to try and do it without headphones. Yeah. And um, for a long time, I just sort of lived with it. And um, it was only recently, I've had a couple of like blackouts at work and stuff like that. And it's all down to stress. But through that, I had the ear tests and everything else. And I um, was chatting to the guy and he was like, hang on a minute. And he put the tuning fork on my head. He's like, can you hear that? And I was like, it literally rattled through me. I was like, wow, yeah. yeah, I can hear that. It's like, I think we might be able to get you hearing on that side. And uh, I was like, no way. Like, that, this is like come out of yeah. nowhere. And I just burst yeah. into tears. And um, yeah, long and short of it, I'm kind of just beginning the journey to possibly start having like a bone anchored hearing aid and all stuff happen to this side. Right. Wow. All of a sudden, which I thought I'd never kind of get around to doing. Um, 
mean, yeah, it's just come out come out of nowhere, really. It's like the science moves on. You kind of go at that point, and you go, oh, well, well, that's it then. Well, when I was a kid, there was like the ear that was grown on a mouse, yeah, and it was yes. kind of like it was always out of reach, and it was something that maybe once I retire and I've got a spare bit of money, I might do it. But it doesn't really bother me that much. People used to sort of take the piss in, at school, but then I used to take the piss out of them just as much. So it's kind I of I didn't even it. notice it until you pointed it out. I've kind of got a little lobe there, so it doesn't yeah. sort of notice as much. Yeah. Um, and that's why really it doesn't really doesn't really bother me. And like when I was a kid, they said about I could have all this different stuff done and um like a little bit later in life they said oh you can register this is disabled and get a parking spot I was like what the fuck like I can just, I can walk around like and like anything I don't need like special kind of treatment there must be other people that need this more kind of thing and I just mm. carried on and got on with my life and it's only really where that how this has all come about and the NHS being as amazing as they are yeah they're like yeah them. we can do this we can do that I was like wow really and it's just all come about like out of nowhere really quite so, organically so you've been blacking out at work how come why are you so stressed um you're interviewing me now. Yeah, I, I knew. I, I knew. Before we got here like an hour early and we went My and found God. the pub he down the road. Me. And that's what he said. Straight away. He said he's a professional interviewer. I, I guarantee. We are eight minutes in and he's got me straight away. That, well, that, now that makes me feel to think like there's no plan here. We're just having no, a conversation. No, really so, no, you only... said that you were blacking out yeah, at work. Totally. You're, you seem like a lovely man. We've known each other for all of 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, but you seem like a very nice chap. I'm genuinely concerned, and I, and and I and, and I have obviously lots of experience with uh, anxiety and stress and stuff, and so yeah, I might well, be able to help you out with some kind of something. Like how this has all come about? This is like the almost the beginning of the story of this kind of podcast. It's a bit kind of mad. So, in my mind at the time, two kids, work, money worries is something that everyone else deals with, and it was just something that I kind of had to get on with. I've got a really long fuse and I try and help everyone out as much as I can. And I thought that was the, a good recipe for being a good human being. Mm -hmm. which essentially, on paper, it probably is. But it absolutely what is, yeah. then happens is then your own well-being and your own mental health, as I'm literally only discovering in these past few weeks, just take, constantly taking hits, constantly, constantly, constantly. And because you were always thinking about other people, yeah, and you think, right, that's normal. I'm doing this, or I'm doing that, and everything else, and I'm fine, everything's fine. Have a couple of drinks, everything's okay, kind of thing, yeah. And then, um, yeah, it kind of come about at work. I was found at the bottom because I install sort of security systems, and I was found at the bottom of a, a, a riser, which is like a really tall cupboard, yeah, um, basically just in a ball. They thought I was dead, um, or I'd been electrocuted, maybe. Yeah. And um, I sort of come around, people were kind of standing around me, um, ambulance and everything else. I said, genuinely, I'm all right. I feel fine. I, I just don't know what happened. And um, went to the doctors, I did a few tests and that. There's no tumours, blood pressure a little bit high, but nothing sort of too mm -hmm. bad. And even in the doctor's thing, I had the two kids running around and they were saying, well, you know, it's probably stress. I said, yeah, it makes sense. Carried on as normal. And then a little while later, it happened again. And... Um, this time I was actually at a hospital, so it kind of worked out. It was quite, I was in the right place, right time. Is this like narcolepsy? Yeah, what did they say? It was? Maybe. I, they, we, I, we've not even talked about this. They genuinely put it down to, to stress. Like the, everything got to the point, it's heat. So in both cases, I was really hot, really hot. enclosed, very little air. Oh, uh, right. Um, and you got overwhelmed. Yeah, and, and probably your body not drinking just enough sort of water and stuff like that. Right. And then it turns out. Um, and as they were talking, they said, obviously, like quite a stressful life and everything. Like that. I said, well, you know, as I said, kids, money and everything else, fairly normal. Um, but then 
there's obviously a whole past of um, like post-traumatic stress and everything else that kind of needs to be unraveled. But mm. essentially, for the moment, everything's kind of ticking over. And are you talking to? Are you to, uh, forgive me? Are you talking to a, a professional about it? Have you had any? So at that time, I wasn't. I'd, I'd had counselling a little while ago. Well, a few years back, uh, probably about ten years back, for um, drugs and alcohol counselling. Mm. It was just like the six, sort of six sessions. I thought I was drinking a lot. Turns out I wasn't. But then at times I was. Um, I'd, I'd dabbled with heroin and um, ketamine and everything else, and I'd kind of normalised drugs because I was around people that we're doing the same sort of things. So mm. You think it's fairly normal. And for even now, as I'm saying it, that for me is the normal passage of, you know, getting older. Yeah, and no, you, you, that is an extremity generally though, isn't it? I think for people, even if you mention, oh, I tried, like I did heroin. Most people would be like, most yeah. people. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a, it's a taboo it's a kind of thing. It's a, yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. It's got it's got a you know real, again, real bad rare. Normalised I mean, it because of the situation that it kind of come about yeah. in. Um, but that's you know all past. And so more recently, um, I was it was recommended that I was going to go on medication and uh, have counselling. This was uh, last year or the year before, mm. and. Um, things started to kind of level out a little bit. My son was a little bit older. Um, work was kind of going okay. Credit ratings okay. And then everything was kind of normal. And the waiting list for the counselling was kind of ages and it just sort of petered out kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, a couple of weeks ago was it, I think, I did like, everything's kind of building up. Um, I was hoping to get this other job and didn't get it, got the email through. And just my vision just went all white and whirly and cloudy and um i just sort of spun out a bit so i like, gotta get home so I was like right i'm going home got on the train and this like the sound the noise that i'm normally kind of aware of was just overbearing mm. and i was just aware like everyone was so like selfish of like shouting on the phone i think i was even in the quiet zone you know when it's like super noisy and yeah. like why is every, everyone like i feel like all of the assholes on the train are in this like mm. carriage mm. And I'm not normally, that stuff genuinely doesn't normally bother me. I just, you know, mm. put my headphones on, but I couldn't find any music I listened to that just didn't, like, it was just out of kilter, completely wrong. Mm -hmm. And I just, um, I just literally just shouted out, everyone fucking shut up. And that's just completely out of my mm. character. And there's no, I've got no right to tell anyone to shut up, mm. like we're all on the train. And it, it scared the hell out of me. And then... I've, I know we covered, we spoke about this yeah, on the last um, last couple of podcasts, but um, yeah, like all I was thinking about because I had like screwdrivers in my bag, I was thinking I could just walk through this carriage now and just start tearing through people, mm. and that it literally just completely scared the crap out of me. Yeah, went home like just couldn't breathe, blocked nose, fell to the floor. Kate was sort of like speaking to the ambulance and everything else, and managed to get to the doctors, and they were like, yeah, totally, you know stress related everything else kids money and everything and everything kind of got on top and um done all the assessments for the therapy stuff it's essentially a breakdown yeah it is basically a breakdown yeah. um of the you know ninth degree and started the what's what am i on fluax uh, yeah prozac yeah prozac so and how's that, that a few and weeks how's that ago. doing for you okay actually all right um you're waiting for counselling, though, aren't you? Yeah, and that's I a worry because I know that's the 
I'm aware enough to know that that's what I need to deal with. Like there's a whole list of stuff that I could reel off that we've spoken about in the podcast that that's where the problem is. That's where the issues are. And that's what I need to process and kind of get. Yeah. Out. I mean, if you've got PTSD, you, th- this is something that you definitely need to, uh, to discuss with a, with a professional. Yeah. And, and it's just, I'm now on the waiting list for counseling. And, um, how long have you been on the waiting list? I think you can be a bit avoidant though. Yeah. So, like, it's Normally almost, t- like we were talking about this before. Whereas uh, we had, I, I, I saw a therapist um, and he kindly came on our show mm. and uh, we chatted it was amazing. different ideas. And yeah. He, like, he really helped me. And he offered Brad like at least one free session. He does hypnotherapy as well. Mm. And like Brad, you know, we were saying it last week. I don't feel I'm being out. out no, term, not at all. But, you know, you're like, actually, there never really is time to do these things no you know like they, uh, you were saying uh this is as good as it gets really so the time's not going to suddenly come out of the air no you we did come to, to that go no i've got to do it that's the thing like we do the podcast and that this is therapy for me because we talk like this right yeah well absolutely yes absolutely it is it, you know when you talk like, in this way yeah that is a little bit of space what? that we really can just say whatever we want and kind of process everything and that last week we were i was really like yeah i'm definitely gonna ring him and everything else and i really was in that mindset and then obviously you're in the car check your phone go home go to sleep go to yeah, work kids work da, 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 and it kind of snowballs again yeah and you're kind of tricked into thinking everything's just carrying on and back to back to normal yeah. again and it's but as you say there's things that you haven't dealt with uh that those things are they're not going to just go away no. you have to get in they there. never do yeah. they no. they tend to get worse and, or they tend to you know it's accumulative and I feel yeah. lucky and, that and, I'm aware of that and I can kind of see how like the medication can be a, like a little bit of a plaster because there's been times it does, this week it helps where I've you kind of to felt great the day to day yeah I that's think. it for me it does mm. the thing about the your Prozacs and your all of those yeah, well, that, you, that uh, type of drug is that they're not sustainable no so they, they will, in the experience of, uh, of, of friends, Gary Newman, Gemma Newman, my other friends, uh, they said it gave me a break for when I was really, really in a bad place. It gave me a break from myself so that I, I could sort of fix myself and, you know, go through therapy and stuff like that mm. and, then, and then be in a better place and then stop taking it. Yeah. Did they stop taking it? Yeah, absolutely. See, yeah, I've yeah, been on it, medication for... 12 years yeah and what happens with me is um they'll give me one uh then i'll gradually work that way up to the maximum mm. then that stops working i'll go back they give me another i'll work yeah. it up to the maximum right uh and then they gave me two to take uh and i'm kind of on my, my fifth one and i'm not on the maximum of that and, yet. and this is for 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 what um so yeah last year i kind of got I got diagnosed with like severe depression, uh, kind of. I, I would say about twelve or thirteen, but I'd had mental health problems from about nine. Right. Um, so that was when they first started suggesting that might be a problem, and I started having like therapy, and I've had it kind of on and off ever since. But uh, but yeah, last year I kind of I'm under a con- uh, psychiatrist now, and the psychiatrist said I've got. Um, Borderline personality dis- disorder and something called, I never know if I'm saying it right, femia, which is essentially you're constantly depressed um, 
and then within that, uh, when other people would be sad, you're doubly depressed. So it's basically constant depression. They call it double depression. Or unipolar depression, I've heard that being said before. Yeah, so... And you were diagnosed at 13. And were you ever diagnosed with autism? No. And But your your son Yeah, my son's autistic. That. It's funny because um, I've actually kind of... I, I tend to go in spells, good and bad. Like More recently, I'm having a pretty good spell. Um, but yeah, since I was a kid... And you know, I was saying about similarities. I mean, I saw um, something that you did uh, on. It was like a discussion again. It was on on YouTube when you were talking with another musician, I think, and you talked about your own mental health stuff. And like some of the stuff you were saying, really kind of it re- it clicked with me a lot. Um, when you 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 were talking about your dad. And like feeling that kind of rejection and that you're not good enough kind of thing. You know, you're saying that. Like, yeah, yeah. My, my my personal issues almost all stem from from uh, horrifically low self-esteem. From yeah. my father telling me that I was a piece of shit for my entire and adult life. So, yeah, you. So that was that is what that resonated with me massively, because that's basically um, it's not necessarily my dad, but saying like my granddad calling me a piece of shit from the age like from dot. Right, right. God, that's that's awful. Because so at least I, I have had, exactly had the same years. issues. I have exactly the same issue, being, yeah. like almost. Because I, I, I kind of think, well, I don't think I've got. You know, like the uh, doctors are banded around. You know, like you take medication because it, um, it balances out uh, kind of a chemical. And I'm like, that's nice it's because my granddad was a wanker. <laughs> you know, like that. That's why. <laughs> and then my dad didn't. Did my dad just kind of turned away but like yeah so when you were talking about that i was like oh yeah i get that like i could see how that makes that get that it i knew it did it to me but when you said that you know it's nice to hear other people have had a similar story well that's why it makes you feel better that's why you do this and that's why i've been you know doing what i do for the last 12 years ever since i got involved with calm which is to lead from the front to encourage men to be open and honest and talk in the way that we're talking. This yeah. is rare. Yeah, I yeah. loved um, and obviously the stuff that you're doing with the campaign against living miserably. Mm-hmm. And um, didn't they do? Was it? Did they put the statues on top of the yes. buildings on the ITV That's building incredible. on the on did the Thames? Yeah. No, I didn't. I don't really watch. It's it? literally. It I'll <laughs> send you some photos. They put kind of mannequins on top of the buildings. So they look like people are gonna. Yeah, we know it was. It was more than that. It was. Um. It, it each mannequin was a representation of a person who had a, a man that had committed suicide. Oh, no. wow. And they they were dressed in that person's clothes. No. That, so their wow. family gave them the clothes. So it was all very real. So yeah. each one was, a, you know, a. a uh, a testament, a, a, or almost a gravestone, a, 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 you know, yeah. a representation of somebody who had taken their own, of a man that had Just taken their own it. life. And they were dressed in their actual clothes. And, and you know, with the, all done with the full uh, okay and green light from their yeah, families, obviously, yeah. you know. So, uh, yeah, it was a very powerful thing. And it, it's such a vis- powerful visual thing because yeah. they were on the edge of the ITV building, mm. right on the ledge. Obviously, where you would be, you know, yeah. if you were going to. So it was a, a really powerful visual reminder. And when I joined Virgin Radio, when I first joined Virgin, that it, it was happening. You could see 
the corner of the ITV building yep. from one of the two of the windows mm. of the old Virgin Radio uh, studios before we moved into the place that we're at, we're at now. Yeah. And every day, I would, well, while it was there, I would I would see it and I would be, uh, well, you know, spooked. Chilling, yeah, chilling, you know, really, really. Yeah, but then I mean, cool. I'm in contact with, I guess I would be chilled less than, than, than many because I'm sort of in contact. I've been in contact with suicide, if you like, for for such a long time and yeah. talk about you know, it such do you find that a lot uh, I, I'm I've felt suicidal since I was very young so I kind of like it almost became an obsession uh, so I'm, I can and through my job you know I've worked with lots of people who have had you know who are suicidal and that kind of thing so I like can, your current job as, as, a, as, a, uh, as a, a probation, a probation officer. officer that works with youth and, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So like, I will deal with those kind of things quite regularly. And I've been doing that, what, 15 years? So I dealt with it quite a bit. Um, and you get a bit desensitised. But th- then you have something like like Chris Cornell killing himself. Right. Yeah. And you're like... Mm. What the fuck? Yeah. He, yeah. That That's mind-blowing. And that, that really was, hurt me. That, that really, really hurt. Really hurt the yeah. one that hurt me the most was Robin Williams. I was I was on holiday in Hastings on a shitty campsite, like caravan park with my kids and that. And they they were being awful as sometimes they are. And there was a TV on, and it came on, and I actually felt like that at that point. Yeah. And it came on, and I'm like. Oh shit! You know, like there's a bit of me that goes, "I respect you for actually doing it." Mm. Like, you know, and there was a bit, and then I was like, at some point, I'm gonna do it, aren't I? You know, and it's just like, oh, it's it is amazing how you how uh, you can have so much empathy for somebody that I I presume you don't know, Robin Williams. No, no, so it it is. I wasn't even a massive fan, but it just hit me. Why? Yeah. Well, how come? You know why? Uh, Because you you look like a Chris Cornell fan. Like, they, they, surely you know that would what? hit in you harder. Uh, they were low on my pecking order. What? I was Soundgarden always more were... into like pumpkins or uh, James Addiction. Addiction. Right. Yes, yeah. yeah, so you pointed straight away when you, when you yeah, came yeah. in here. You so pointed the wonderful James. My... But um, yeah, I like Soundgarden. I went to see him when they played in London. You know, in yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah, yeah. it was really bad. Though, that hit me really hard, actually. Yeah, the two of all of, this, all of the... I don't really want to call them celebrity suicides because it sounds no, horrible. But yeah. like, the, the you know the, the the rock star suicides, if I if I can call it that, the what the the two that uh, got me the most were Chris Cornell and uh, and Michael Hutchins. Mm. Do you know what got um, me with Chris is there's a video of him or a picture. Of, I think it's a video of him, and it's literally about half an hour, an hour before he actually committed suicide. Really, and he is. With his family, I think, friends, yeah, laughing, yeah, yeah. joking, happy. You haven't got it messed. You haven't got it messed up with Chester Bennington. I have. So sorry, Chester wow, that's Bennington. Terrible. Okay, yeah, no, that's, that's okay. One. That's okay. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. still bothered me. Uh, though. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a fan, but it still bothers that me. That really got me. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's always a bit of me when I watch something like that. I'm like, that could totally be me, and and hearing other people's responses really bothers me because they're like, it's disgusting what he's done. You know, look, he's got children, he's left them behind. And I'm like, I've got no idea. Mm. It doesn't work like that. No. Like, this illness takes you away from that. You think they're better off without you. You know, it takes you out of it. It takes you away from what about my kids and what about my family. 
It's yeah. just it's a crazy thing, and you can't explain it to someone because the amount of people were like. I remember like one of our one of my friends saying one, he knew someone who'd have killed themselves and he was like he's a he's a piece of shit he's got kids how could he do that yeah. and it's like uh, uh, think about what he was going for yeah. at the time it yeah it, it it really does um you know those ones really uh, bring it home that depression doesn't care how yeah, good looking yeah. you are how rich you are yeah, how talented yeah. you are you know, like people like that, like mm. Michael Hutchins or, you know, Anthony Bourdain or, yeah. or, or, oh, or, Anthony Bourdain. or, or, or you know, uh, that um, one hurt me. Chris well. Cornell. Yeah. I, Anthony Bourdain really hurt me too. I've that was my favorite. really inspired me. Yeah, me Kitchen too. Confidential. Kitchen Confidential. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's, I, used to be I think a that's chef my favorite that, book. That's one of my favorite books. See? No, that one really hurt me. Uh, because he was a really inspiring person. And when you read that book, like you don't get a sense of any of that in there, do you? I didn't. A sense that there was a darkness. Well, I mean, you, you've got the sort of, the, the heroin addiction and, 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 well, yeah, and, yeah. and, and you know, the... I suppose I didn't think of that. I read that before I did my job. Now. <laughs> yeah, that's very true, of course. But, but of course Self-destruction. Now that we mentioned Rockstar Suicides, I was talking about ones that I that I don't really yeah. know. I I I, I sh- had a lovely uh, f- couple of moments with Michael Hutchins in a work context, and and the same with Chris Cornell. I spent a a delightful couple of hours with him, interview doing a really long interview. Yeah, and they were both. The, the reason that I was so gutted was because they were such nice guys. Mm. They were really like both of them, so sensitive and thoughtful, and wanted to hear about my shit yeah of course and, yeah. And, and stuff but 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 all of this brings brings us to a a, a focal yeah. point of rock star death so if you if you were to look at my uh well you can't really see it there's a picture of my my um sisters are blocking the picture of keith from his funeral but your essex boys and yeah so obviously that was the one that hit me the hardest yeah, was, was keith flint and when and and when I, I i was on air when i found out about that one and that's the second time that a friend that I found out about a friend killing themselves while I was on air. Wow. But that was a nightmare because this guy who doesn't know me at work, really, really sweet man, James, uh, who just started at Virgin, had no idea that I was the Prodigy's tour DJ and, yeah, yeah. You know, and that I was mates with all of these guys. And he just came in and he went, Keith Flint's dead. Oh, no. And then he went out again and I was like, oh, what shit. the fuck? And I, I just took me for six and I, and I, I, I sort of carried on. And then, and then as... I, and I sort of, and I held it together. I was going to say, what do you do in that moment? Do you have to, are you got, you've got links professional to do? Yeah, I had, yeah, yeah, I, I, I uh, yeah, exactly. Look, your, your professionalism comes in and, and you, you I, I, I said something, I said a few things. I said a couple of things. I, you know, I said, I've just found out that, uh, you know, my, my friend Keith from, from the Prodigy has died and I'm, I'm, I'm devastated. I don't really know what to say at this point, but I, I, I think I probably said something about, oh, I tell you, yeah. I, so I, 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 I said something or other and then, and then the news started filtering through that he, because at that point he, I didn't know that he'd killed himself. No, because yeah, one didn't of the other about, about, it was a, within an hour of that mm. of that news that uh, and yeah, didn't uh, Liam put something? Think so out? yeah, it was kind of yeah. Or I, it out, so but. I well I basically before that came out I had a text from a from a, a, a friend who's in the business going he's killed himself, oh, and geez. at that point that my my legs went from me and I just I I I went. Into, like you into a fetal position in a studio yeah, yeah. just crying my eyes out and uh i couldn't carry on kate lawler bless her uh did the last couple of links of my show because i was just in uh 
I couldn't be professional at that point. Once, once I found out that he killed himself, it was like, oh no. I just thought, I thought maybe that he'd had a drug overdose or maybe he um, had a, uh, like a bike accident or, yeah. or, or a heart attack yeah, from, yeah. from, you know, lots of years of bon vivant, yeah, you yeah, know, right. Right. Uh, yeah, I thought that, I thought it was that, but yeah. when, when, when it was like, when I found out that he'd done it, it changed everything and it just made it so much worse. Yeah. And at that point, I just couldn't carry on. I just couldn't carry on. Was there an element of you that thought, oh, if I could, if I had spoken to him? Oh, or... God, yes, of course. Mm. I mean, of course. I was like, why didn't you call me? Yeah, yeah. You got my fucking number. Yeah. Like, you know, you know that I'm like, like have a lot of experience with, with depression and yeah. with suicide and with, and People with, don't with, know, with that stuff. Don't. And I, nah. No, it's never the person. I, I, I often get called by uh, managers or agents or concerned friends and i have people referred to me i must stress that i'm not a professional i'm not, I'm not a trained professional no, but, I just, but the thing is we, we just I have a talk we are we are people who've been through it yeah we try and we and do so, stipulate that at the, when yeah. we talk we ge we genuinely do not know what we're talking about well the thing is we know we do we just don't do it in a professional way no. we're yeah. lay we are lay experts yeah at depression mm. yeah or whatever you know at, yeah. with with mental health and so I, you know, I, I've talked a few people down off ledges in the past. Wow. Not, it, not as a professional, but just as a person, as, yeah. a, as a human. As a human. I mean, and a lot, a lot of the time, I mean, this is actually really fresh in my mind because I'm, I'm helping to start a, a new mental health charity uh, with this brilliant, brilliant girl called Nikki who um, has, is starting this thing. It's called My Black Dog. And, yeah, uh, I like the, the black dog. In there, yeah, so it's it's myblackdog.co is the uh, is the website, and it's a peer to peer mental health service. So you can you'll, you you can chat online to somebody like us to a volunteer. Amazing. And it's not and it's not it's some it's someone who's had a day of training, but no more than that. It's just somebody like us who's been through it because. For many people, if they're really, if, if they are on the brink of suicide and if there's an important first step, which isn't available apart from talk to a mate, yeah. which is what we're doing now, yeah. you know, like this is, feels like two mates. I'm yeah, just totally. ch chatting to, to, mm. to yeah. two mates, but to have somebody like us on the end of the phone is that's easy. That's, a, that's not a stretch. Yeah. You, you, we're not professionals. And yeah. I think that's really important. It, it, you know, as important as the layer, the next step, the layer of professionals. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, that, that first step m must surely be talk to a mate. Yes. Or, or start someone in your family. I think what yeah. people or, do, they think if they go and talk to a professional or they go to their doctor, that they're going to get, like, carted away to the loony bin. Yeah. And yeah like, it's scary. And it's like, it's really, really hard to get uh, to get carted away to the loony bin. Yes, it's it like, is. It's very, very like it doesn't happen. Yeah, we spoke about yeah, my yeah, yeah. Sectioning is very yeah, hard. It's very now, difficult. You know, like, know the this, other yeah. week, and I was genuinely taken back. Like I mentioned, the doctor straight away softened, put the pen down, eye contact. Yeah, that's um, good though. You don't always get that straight my, my away. Like you know, nice, what's right. going on for you and everything else. And I was like, wow, I don't know, I don't know what I expected, but like to have just uh, 10 minutes to be able to go right this is going on. like i don't want to keep going on but like this is going on and that's going on and have someone actually listen it's like wow this i don't know i don't think i i didn't expect this yeah and then straight away they were informative about the medication the upsides the downsides um and i, I think maybe because i've been sort of referred for it before it's kind of like an easy kind of choice for him but he was even saying you know 
it might not work. It might work. It might have side effects. There's three or four ones we can try. This is that. This is everything else. Give this a go. See how you get on. And I was like, I'm, you know, a little bit scared. I don't know response. what to expect. No, so it, I would like to say, um, I think I speak for us both and we'd be happy to get involved in anything like that. Definitely. Oh, well, More if you want to volunteer, then I'll put, I'll put you in touch. That would be wonderful. Like, wonderful. Yes, know, please, yeah. Uh, uh, that's Thank what you. we're all about. Thank you. That, yeah. that, that'd be absolutely yeah, we'll wonderful. we'll promote that as much. So as did you, like. when you, do you mind me talking about Keith for a minute? No, not at all. I'm, you know, open to, to any kind of conversation. So I was kind of, so I was thinking it, did you, you know, like I just said about Anthony, Anthony Bourdain, where you go, when I was like, oh, was there anything? You know, like, did you do that with Keith? Did you think, oh, he used to do that, or I noticed that, and you didn't ever think about it at the time? Well, I know that, that, that people much closer to him than me um, were not surprised. Okay. He, was, he was telegraphing that he might do this. Okay. A lot and and uh, over the past and uh, and obviously people you know we all hoped that nothing was going we wouldn't go through with it but it but I don't think I don't think if, if I think if if everyone was really honest they're they're not going to nobody will say that they were surprised yeah. by it yeah because most people don't go through with it do they yeah I mean exactly it's 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 completely natural to have terrible thoughts like See, your like your that. ones on the train you know well, yeah and the thing i is... think that i think exactly that like i have brad said that and i was like i've done that so many times like often to get to sleep i think about murder you know and i just think it's kind of like it's like dark shit and i just think that's quite normal mm. so yeah. i kind of like it that you said that because i sometimes i just think that's oh, just me you know now you mustn't think that you absolutely mustn't think that i mean i think if if everyone was honest, people would would say that they have really dark thoughts, not just about self harm. I mean, that's an obvious one, and we all have done that and do that. But just like like you say, just grabbing a pair of screwdrivers and laying into everyone on a train. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't had that specific thought, but I've had similar thoughts. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and and, what, and 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 I might not even be in a bad place. Yeah. I, I might just, I just might, just. You know, have a terrible thought like that just on a, on a train or, mm. or or in any any place, and even with a friend or somebody that I love. It's just, mm. I don't know. It just happens. I think it's just p- part of the balance yeah, of I things. See, yeah, you know, you you have lovely thoughts. And doing. Well, I, I I'm a real big believer in um in uh like I'm not religious, but I feel very spiritual. And I, my mum is from Iran, and we're from a very very old Iranian family that predates Islam, and we're like fire worshippers from the from sufi time zoroastrian zoroastrian time and 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 in zoroastrianism it's very uh like there is no light without dark there is no good without evil it's like the universe is in perfect balance and i think that's what it is you know if you have a a beautiful thought i think that's going to be balanced out by an equally horrific thought at some time and 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 i think it's perfectly natural to do that because that's another Example of the universe being in total balance. Yeah, we that's, are part of the really, universe. That's actually really it's so nice, profound, it? and it's lovely, and it kind of makes sense. And like, I like the way you know a lot of like the kind of pre pre established religions when you know like reason and nature and mm. it all yeah. makes much more sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, before it became commercialized. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Christianity was the was the was the first uh, 
global mega corporation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah quite absolutely. annoyed about it. Really. Yeah, it's, a, it's a brand. It's the first brand. Yeah, and even that makes me sad. With everything going on in politics and everything at the moment, I, find, I try not to follow the news too much. When you're on the tube, you kind of see like the front pages of things. Yeah, I agree with and you. And then I start thinking, oh, like, what can I like? I just think I, I just wish. Like I could move away to a field somewhere and have my own electricity, own water, and everything else. And but that's kind of like running away but from the problem. The problem is, I think like uh, I think the best thing in the world is people. Yeah. Like I, I really do. The best thing in the world is like I've never met you before. I've come here and we've got on really nicely mm. and we like similar things and yeah. it's really cool. Mm. You know, like you go, you meet someone, you get on and it's nice. You know, yeah. connections. Yeah. And I just think. Like that's the best thing in the world, and I actually kind of notice in myself is that is those kind of things actually make me happy. Mm. When I feel sad, I retreat indoors, mm. um, and then I get sadder. Mm. Uh, when I feel a bit sad, and I kick myself up the arse, and I go, that's why I kind of do the job I do because it's just being around people it's, tends yeah. to make me feel better. Mm. Um, so I, I think yes, often you think, oh, I'd like to run away. Sometimes I think I'd like to just be a tramp. Yeah, just separate myself from society, you know. Um, but I know, like, that's not the answer because actually, I'll feel worse. Mm. I like the balance thing you said, but the connection—that's that's a really nice—and the like the peer-to-peer thing you were saying about as well. My black that's, dog. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be that is like what we're saying and what we've been doing. Yeah, that's a good idea. Essentially, like as I said before, this podcast potentially could have saved both of our lives at times, yeah. and just being able to talk as we do to each other. Um, yeah. It's been it's been lovely. It's a real therapy for us. This, absolutely, I, 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 and I'm I'm delighted that it's you think it saved your lives. But I I, I will I will venture, uh, and with mathematical certainty, that this podcast will have saved at least a life, if not more. Well, and did. I know this just from you know from from being out in the public eye and doing things like this, and then getting feed fed fed back. And 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 I'm going to come back to Keith Flint because within. I, I think I said one of the things that I said was uh, when it happened, I said, whenever there is tragedy in my life, it just takes a certain amount of time for something beautiful to happen from that tragedy. Yeah. And that time could be anything from a minute to a decade to a lifetime. I, you know, I don't know, but there's, there's no, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to it. But not 48 hours later, I was on Virgin Radio. And I played, I think it was uh, In the End by uh, Chester Bennington's band. Mm-hmm. And I think I was, I think I, think I had an In Excess record afterwards. And so I, I was like, look, I can't, I can't oh, play yeah. these two records <laughs> without saying something about Keith. And, yeah. I, and, and, and I said, look, and, and, and I, I said, look, I, in 2013, I wanted to kill myself. And I didn't because I ended up talking i opened up to every, to lots of different people and, and and there was a few key people in my life that i opened up to that really really helped me and i i ended up uh, uh not doing it and i and i now realize that because we, we i got through it and it, and it, it it's a temporary it's always a temporary yeah. thing you mm. you arrive at the other side stronger wiser more interesting for your experience and you realize that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem yeah. and it is in almost every case a temporary problem mm. and then i played this in excess record and then i had this text come through anonymous text just going eddie what you just said made me cry i was about to kill myself 
and I now realize that you're right and I'm going to seek help now. Wow. And like this podcast will have had the same effect. We have had people just radio say, so... oh, I went to the doctors today because mm. of you. Yeah, right. So, you're like... you know, you're doing incredible work and it, it, it like you might think it's a little thing and, and, and all the things that I do are just little things, you know, like I was the least famous guest on Pip's podcast. But it's just, I mean, I'm a little guy saying, like, you know, just making a little contribution. But if we all, lots of little things, become one huge thing, yeah. you know. But it's and, also about um, trying to set, trying to say, like, normalise talking about these things. Yes. You know, like, that's what I think. You know, uh, like, people moaning about pride and it's like... It's, no, it's about normalising, making things normal and making things okay. You know, like, and I think us talking about mental health, you know, it's not just about helping people. It's just about saying this can be just normal. Yeah, back to that first step. Imagine if therapy for us was uh, just going to the pub and talking and having a pint with your mates. Yeah. Because when that happens, usually 99 times, 900, I don't know, I want to quantify it, but most times, it, you know, people are going to be just talking about surface stuff and they're yeah. going to talk about football and they're going to yeah. talk about sex girls or whatever. Yeah. They, yeah. And, and they, they're not going to talk about how they feel. No, Imagine if we were like girls and we went to the, to the booze and we had a pint, but we actually talked about the stuff that we're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? And that, that's that, what we're talking like, about. And almost before. that's the answer. The, yeah. Absolutely. It's as simple if, as if, that. If, yeah. if, and we, I know for a fact that if we did that as a, as a race of males, if we acted more female, then, then for starters, it wouldn't be five times as many men killing themselves as women, which yep. is a fact. Mm. Uh, but it, it, I, it would be we'd be like girls and like it would just make the world so much a, and how much a, a more, nicer would it be it, there would be more to, equality like we were like, saying about balance men as well yes. around going we are that's why we call it the mouth of manliness it's not just about men you know like we're like we're, we've never really kind of laid it out that this is just about men this is about people hmm. you know it's about talking but essentially it's the idea that uh that kind of male stereotype of we don't talk you know, you go to the pub, you talk about tits and you talk about sport. All these things that I've never been that comfortable with. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that is that, that, and therein lies the problem. Yeah. Men are meant to be butch, they're meant to be strong, they're meant to bottle it and they're meant to get on with it. And that's, there's your problem. Yeah, yeah. that's all bollocks. And if we, and if yeah. we actually went out and talked like girls do, point that I was trying to get Sorry, to, and yeah. I, and I, no, I, I, I not, not your fault. I, I completely lost my thread. Um, is that the that mental health spending would go down yeah. because we we'd be dealing with stuff yeah in the pub with our mates like mm. or you know at, at the dinner table we yeah, you know if, if we if this were normal if this were normalized you used a really important word there like if if this were normalized then then you know the Tories bastard Tories wouldn't have to cut mental health spending by fifty percent. Mm. Um, it just it would naturally happen you yeah, know and and there would be just be so much less suicide we'd, we'd have equality that's what i'm striving for is equality in so many ways but but especially in suicide i want i want i i, I don't want it to to be by, by the virtue of the fact that we are men we're five times more likely to kill ourselves and i don't want a female musician to be three times more likely to kill herself than a male one mm. it should be the same yeah it should be the same 
we should all be all right and we should all be able to feel comfortable. Accepting our faults and our flaws. Well, it can't be all right. It, the thing is, it, 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 Nick, no. it can't be all right. No. It, it, you, you've got to allow it to be not all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if it's a complete utopian, yeah, right. it's, it's a utopian fallacy to go, if, if, if you know, put everybody on ecstasy yeah, everybody and then everyone's going to be fine. You know, then no, you know, that's not, we have no, to no, accept right, that the universe, back to the, that thing, the universe yeah. is in balance. There cannot be euphoria without depression. I suppose we should all be all right with each other, I guess. And we should all be able to accept each other's vulnerabilities and each other's... Um... You know you were saying that like, you, each other's insecurities. Yes. Because you know you were saying about feeling insecure. And like we on our drive up here, like we had like, a long conversation that essentially came down to you know, other people do things we don't like. It's probably because they've got insecurities. We don't like ourselves because we've got insecurities. And so much comes down to insecurities. Of course. Whereas, you know, yeah, men don't talk about insecurities. It's like, oh, I feel insecure about that. You know, whoa. Yeah, yeah, men don't. We're yeah, not going to talk about that, mate. What are you talking about? Get a <laughs> beer. Yeah. What are you fucking talking about? Oh, let's go and do some birds. Yeah. It's like, you know, like that's that was the environment I grew up. That's how my yeah. mates talked. Yeah. And I always just, and all that did was make me feel weird. Mm. Make me feel less, uh, less part of the world, less accepted, less acceptable. So I just, what I did was in my head, I just went, yeah, you're shit. You know, and then you just, you play that over. And then it's like, yeah, your granddad was right. You are shit. You know, like, and it just all goes, kick, uh, you kick, yes, you self-fuel. And, and, like, yeah, ah. yeah. Um, I don't do that much now, though. I've had a lot of therapy. Mm. I, I still have it. I still and I is have this, weekly is, Do you mind me asking, is this CBT or is this uh, an old school analysis? Or, uh, or I have else? psychotherapy in a group. Oh, right, right. Group I do therapy. that every week, uh, like every Monday morning. I have psych- group psychotherapy. Um, I've been doing it for a year, uh, and it's about a three-year prescription. Uh huh. And how does good. it make you feel? Uh, sometimes it makes me feel like shit, um, but more often than not, it, it's really helpful. I did. Uh, so I had a bit of a meltdown last summer. So I was off of work for about six months last year because I was just. Bad. Why? Um, I just just couldn't cope. Couldn't cope with it all. Um, and then I just kind of threw the towel and went, I can't cope. Rang up work. Said, I'm ill. I've been ill for years. Mm. I admit mm. it. I'm ill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my wife was like, yeah, you need to go off. I saw a psychiatrist. And I went, yeah, you need to stop working. And that was it. I, go, I stopped working for six months. My work... It's so emotionally taxing what you do. Yeah, but funnily enough, like work for me, I don't. It doesn't get into my head in the same way. Mm. Like I've worked with some of the most extreme things in the world, you know, desperate child yeah. sex offences and things like that. But essentially, none of it. It doesn't really get into my head because. I've got enough problems inside. If you right, know I mean. right, 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 right. So it's almost like that. It's just a blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's all the same so to you me. Can keep a, you can yeah. keep a barrier yeah. between... My wife does the same job. She struggles with that. Right. But I've never really have because I'm always like, I've got enough shit inside. Yeah, yeah. Well, girls tend to be a bit more empathic, don't they? So, yeah. So it's, I can it's be hard empathic. Be harder. I can do I'm not saying you're, you're not, by yeah. the way. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it doesn't get into my head in the same way. 
But yeah, so then it was just soon after that, massive amounts of medication changes uh, that made me really ill for a while. And then, um, yeah, course of psychotherapy for three years. And then I also started paying privately. Well, my mother-in-law paid for me to see a hypnotherapist that she was seeing to lose weight. Hmm. She probably won't like me saying that. Um, anyway, uh, she said, go and see him. He's really good. And like, he changed my life. Hmm. Uh, the, the hypnosis element wasn't really it. That was really, really relaxing. So it, it kind of just softened the edges for me. So I went every week. And then um, basically, like, I just learned to slow down, to almost kind of accept things, almost feel feel the sun on my skin. You know, like I've never felt of. anything like that before. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, you know, feel the wind through my hair. Yeah, like, now I've never felt shit like that. Yeah, mm. nowism. That's a type of meditation, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, mindfulness. Yeah. People are talking about it, mindfulness yeah. a lot. Mm. And he always says, uh, like, that was, uh, what you say is exactly right. He's like, be present. Uh, Eckhart, and be Tolle, here now. Eckhart Tolle, being present. Yeah. Um. You know, don't think about that. Think about now. You yeah. Know, in the past yeah. is depression. In the future yeah. is anxiety. And basically, he, to- he just talked. He just broke me down and then built me up again. Hmm. And uh, and he did. And a lot of it was he would just throw slogans at me. He throw what? It's like slogans. You know, like you know. Uh your brain isn't in charge. <laughs> oh, I <we> see. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, your brain. Yeah, oh, your brain, the one that's being a bastard. <laughs> all your brain's doing is trying to protect you. Uh, it was made to do that. You don't, It doesn't need to do that, so just don't listen. You're like, mm. what? <laughs> I never thought of that. And like, seriously, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. switch. And now, whenever I start, my brain starts doing that, I'm like, Oh, but you know, like mindfulness is you don't go, fuck off, brain. Mm. You just go, ah, oh, it's all right, brain. Don't need you. It's cool. Yeah, meditation works for me for that. I, I, so I, it, because our, our brains get very fixated by stuff. Yeah. Uh, by bad thoughts. What meditation do you do? So I do a type of, it's a very modern, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a modern interpretation of a 6,000 year old Vedic, i.e., Indian meditation, yeah. completely non religious. And it is a mantric. So transcendental type I, not tm oh, i did say, i did a cult american you that know that was so. part of my other bit that i did like i just went right i gotta get better did you do the so did, i did the tm the, course. The, the, was it you did the tm course or the london meditation center it course was, it, tm is the is the american it was a transcendental meditation one from the yogi guy uh who in the 70s right yeah 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 okay. like the Beatles yeah. guy was that the right. si- like Seinfeld I Maharishi think Tom Mahesh Hanks or something yeah like that's yeah. it right yeah, yeah. okay yeah the okay. same one yeah because it was Tom Seinfeld Hanks. no I'll tell you I'll tell you what led me to it um, partly Russell Brand uh, and then uh, David Lynch mm-hmm. and I love David Lynch uh, and yeah Russell Brand's quite open about this stuff and is that mantric yeah, you so you have a mantra and you, you have a mantra just, and you say it over and over, over in and your over. head and so twenty you, minutes twice a right. day. Yes, that's exactly I can't what do I do. It. Yeah, it really. Fascinates. I did the course. Yeah, it's amazing. I did the course and I did it. For, I did it religiously for three months, and I found it so unbelievably stressful. Why? I can't switch off. Can't do it. I tried and tried and tried and tried. Like I really did. I was like. 
No, come back. So what happens? Every time you find your brain goes somewhere else, mm. uh, send a metro. That's fine. We go back to the mantra, fine. Go back to the yeah. mantra, it's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the intention to say the mantra is the same as saying the mantra. Yeah. You know, you've got this, I see it as like a, like a, like you're on a railway track, an electrified railway track, and the mantra is the electric railway track, and you've got mantra, 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 oh, hang on, a thought, a thought is coming, and then you go onto a Down thought, back. and then you go off, and then, and then, oh, hang on, no, I'm meditating, I'll mantra, 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 and then they go off to another tangent thought, but that's absolutely fine. Yeah, the, the thought is absolutely fine, but you don't have to say the mantra all the time. It's the the intention to say the mantra is the same as saying the mantra wow. in so, the, the meditation mm. that I learned. You know, so it's I absolutely drew the fine. Conclusion. So when I was so uh, so I did that course and I was doing the mantra, um, and then with the hypnotherapy I couldn't go under. I didn't never really went under. Mm-hmm. I found it massively relaxing, mm-hmm. uh, and I felt myself really really chill, but. I, I never really went under. And Peter, the therapist, said, yeah, you probably won't because you're up to your eyeballs on drugs, you know, on like medication. Yeah. And he said, no, you probably won't. And I think what happens is the medication makes it really hard for me to concentrate. So, you know, like I draw. Mm. I draw because I can't sit and do n- nothing with my hands, for example. So I need to, if I'm watching a film, I'll be drawing uh, and on my phone and all these things at once. You fidget a lot as well. Yeah. Do you think you have ADHD? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, any, I'm saying this as a rampant ADHD sufferer. Oh, these are, all, these are all, you know, signals. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have, I have it bad. It's quite possible, isn't it? I mean, and 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 I've taught. I have a good friend, uh, a mate who uh, is a fellow ADHD guy, and, and he, he he says he can't meditate. Because you know, because of the monkeys yeah, in my head, yeah, well, yeah. you know, I do monkeys I, as well. I, I, I chimp part like, of your brain. Yeah, but I, I find meditation is just like giving a massive sack of bananas to the monkeys, and let, and letting them Brilliant. just yeah, that, that's yeah. what the mantra mm-hmm. does. Yeah. and I just go mantra, 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 and 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 I might go and then and go off with the monkeys or the capybaras or the wombats or whatever, and and but it, it's fine to do that, and I'll always and I'll come back to the mantra. But I'm interested to why that experience would be stressful, like sitting down, closing your eyes, <laughs> like, you know, thinking about just a mantra. Um, Why uh, would I that be I'm, stressful? It's, it's, it's that desperately, um, desperately wanting it to work, desperately wanting to switch off, desperately wanting to bring it down like that, desperately wanting it to, it to move me almost sometimes. Mm. I had a couple of moments uh, when they did the the initial ceremony part, and you sit down and do the first bit. I had a moment, mm. um, and maybe one or two little moments after that, where I felt suddenly this kind of peace. Mm. It's just pretty special. I felt that a little bit when I had hypnotherapy as well. That little bit of peace. It almost makes you feel part of the world. Mm. You know, like you know, what I was saying about feeling suddenly feeling like you've got the, the sun on your skin, mm. you've got uh, the wind through your hair, or I, I felt myself kind of, I wasn't actually doing it, but you know, like that, feeling like I was on a wave. Mm. Connection. That's all I ever got though. Uh, and it, what happened is it to the point I'm like, I paid 500 quid for this. <laughs> you know, like, oh, sorry, my mum, thank you, mum, paid mm. 500 quid for that because desperately trying to get me better. Um, and it 
it, it just came to the point when I was so desperate and it was just get making me anxious. Um, and I'm not don't normally get anxiety per se. I can normally carry on with things to stop me being anxious. Mm. Mm. So it just is, you know, maybe stressful is the wrong word, but it definitely was in that realm. So it's like the want to do it kind of count cancelled out. Yeah, the but then also doing the like the you know that. You know, yeah, like, you just yeah, yeah, sitting, yeah, yeah. still for a bit. With like, what's I do with my hands? Well, what I found, you know, I things. did some. You're um, totally I just, onto something there. I, 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 I don't, don't want anything else to add to my list of albums, <laughs> but you might have something. Well, yeah, it sounds it sounds very much like it. And, well, I did and some I, guided meditation, and there's a few things on Spotify and iTunes and stuff. And uh, like the Ram Das book I had, and they, it's kind of yeah, like a cookbook yeah. for the soul and everything else. Do you mind? I'm going to go away. I'm okay. Actually in the middle of it, but... Yeah, no, no, cool. Yeah, go for it. But go for I it. Found... And let me know what you think of the bathroom. Like <laughs> the, uh, like just laying down and just making yourself comfortable. Like it doesn't even have to be like a particular like cross-legged incense and yeah, everything yeah. else kind of thing. Like whatever is comfortable for you and is going to get you in that re- most relaxed state, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, the reason I love the meditation that I do is that you absolutely don't have to have any of that sort of sitting by a waterfall with incense or whatever, yeah. or whale music. You can do it anywhere. Amazing. You can do it anywhere. As long as your back is supported, yeah. as long as you're sitting down and you can close your eyes, you can do it on planes, trains, cars, automobiles. I've done it in front of the main stage of uh, Isle of Wight Festival. Brilliant. I've done it at Glastonbury. I've like I've done it, you know, loads of festivals. Wherever I go, for the last two and a half, three years, I've done it. Actually, yeah, three and a bit years now I've done it. And wherever I go, you know, once or twice a day, usually twice, I will do it. And I'll sit down in a field at a festival or whatever. And I'll, and I'll just sit down, you know, with my back to a tree or to a, to a mixing desk yeah, or yeah. A whatever. And I'll just do it. And, and I find that, you know, just saying the mantra in my head just gives my, my overactive, hyperactive brain something to fixate on because it loves fixating. And the the mantra just really works and 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 my my brain just gobbles it up and and fixates on it and i don't need to be drumming and fidgeting and doing all the things that i do all of the time and it's like that concrete kind of level playing field yeah yeah and it really really helps me and and doing it doing it all the time i'm uh i'm really disappointed that that uh, chris didn't carry on with it because it the way that they explained it is that it's like an onion you know, you've got all of these layers and each time that you meditate, one little layer comes off and, yeah, of and you let go of like the yeah. stress from that day. Or so it's a holy grail for me. Like I can't wait to achieve that level of calmness and awareness as well to be able to walk into a room and think, right, I haven't got to nervously speak or go away or drink or mm. spout loads of crap out. I just walk into a room and accept what's going on in the room and talk to people and converse with people and, it, and to be that calm. Mm. it's always been a bit of a holy grail for me and i have these thoughts and i think right i'm going to do this i'm going to do that i start eating right i start exercising i start reading the books again that's come brad and then literally the the i wake up in the morning and then it's like again work kids everything that's therapy yeah it does come because i never used to be like that and i'm really i'm pretty all right in myself i I, I accept my foibles you know, like, I'm pretty all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, you were kind of, like, before we were coming, he was surprised that I was so calm about coming here. And yeah, because like, we were actually, we were an hour early. Too, just, I wanted to leave an hour earlier. So we would have been, like, two, maybe yeah. three hours early because I was worried about traffic and mm. being late and letting you down and everything else. And it's kind <laughs> and of like, like... It's just guys talking, isn't it? I even said to, like, to Sarah, I was like, he's 
I'm freaking out and he's just so relaxed and calm and normal. If he was Perry Farrell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder whether he meditates. I wouldn't, I, I I imagine wouldn't mind he betting. He does seem very calm and zen. He's, oh he's, my God, that happened really quickly. <laughs> I know, right? That felt like about half an hour. Yeah. Did it? I feel like but we've then, only just got started. Oh, I only just in the bathroom. I, <laughs> but then I... I did kind of interview you for the first 20 minutes, so... I, I, I pegged that, I knew. We can carry on. <laughs> yeah, we can carry was, on if you want to carry on. I'm anyway. totally fine. I feel as though we're just scratching the surface. Yeah, let's keep going. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 